Welcome to Growing Storytellers, a helicopter stories podcast for anyone who works with children aged two to seven years old. I'm Trisha Lee, and this is my colleague, Isla Hill. And today we are staying with the prime area of personal, social and emotional development, um, but we're going to be focusing on taking risks. So helicopter stories quite naturally encourage children to take risks from the basic idea that they are trying new roles, roles that they may never have tried or maybe even heard of before, which is just a natural part of helicopter stories, which means they have that opportunity to say yes or no and take the risk of coming to be something. And I remember something that really clearly illustrates this for me which was the uh, three-year-old who told a story all about a chameleon. And uh, as we started the story, and I suppose I hadn't really, because he was so confident, I hadn't really thought about the fact that the rest of the, of the three-year-olds and four-year-olds wouldn't know what a chameleon was. And as we started the story, um, uh, there was just this sea of blank faces uh, <laughs> about what a chameleon was. Um, and, uh, and and you could see it's like, come and be a chameleon. And, you know, they were really, we'd be doing helicopter stories a while, so their risk-taking was good. They were coming, they, they'd come up onto the stage and just stand there and look at me like, got no idea. <laughs> Throw me a bone here. And so this, this three-year-old, he started to just tell everyone all about chameleons. It was absolutely brilliant. He became the expert in the room. He told them everything, how they moved with these legs that had these elbows that walked out like this, these eyes that revolved and these tongues that came out, caught flies and ate them. You know, it went on and on and on. We were all just sitting there, you know, adults and children alike. And he was so passionate and excited about it and and so confident in that knowledge because he's got a pet chameleon you know this is something that he's just just part of his life and uh, And that ensued a whole week's worth of stuff about chameleons because everyone was so excited about it that's really funny isn't it it's so interesting that isn't it because because actually there's the taking risks of I'm going to get up and be any character, but, oh, I really don't know. Then it's like I, I step onto the stage and then I have no idea what that character is, what, you know, sort of um, what how I'm supposed to move, how the chameleon moves. And it's fascinating that, isn't it? And I love that notion of the expert in the room or the expert in our midst because, Actually, you know, and sometimes as teachers, we can get worried about taking risks, about being the adult going, oh, but they won't know what that word means. Or, oh, I can't do that because they won't know. But actually, that's where that expert in our midst can really help. My boy, Connor, with his tornadoes, he is the expert in the room. Your um your boy with his chameleon, he knows because he understands it. So it doesn't matter that the other children don't understand it because he does. But also it makes me think about, I remember being in a reception classroom once and um, one of the boys was from Poland and he didn't have very much English. He hadn't been um, in the UK very long. And 
he stood up. It was his turn to be a plane. And he stood up and I could see as he got onto the stage, he had no idea what that word plane meant. But I was able to ask the other children, can you show him how the plane moves? And he was able to move around the stage like that because he saw the other children. And you could see that instant recognition in his face. Oh, plane. That's what a plane is. I understand now. And of course, we've written that word, haven't we? It would be aeroplane. You know, if you were learning a a language, it would be aeroplane as well. You know, so not only is it not the full word, it's it's the shortened version of, of the word you would learn. And of course, yeah. as soon as a child puts their arms out to fly like a plane, I can just imagine that face going, ah. <laughs> but also the risk, you know, sort of really thinking about, you know, that that four year old taking the risk. I don't know what it is. I'm going to stand up and then I'm going to look confused. You know, I'm actually going to. And I. I do think children are much better risk takers. As adults, we kind of have seen those consequences of what happens when we take risks, haven't we? You know, sort of mm. like you take someone, you go, oh, you're stupid, or you're this, or you come, no, or, you know, or you fail, or you feel like you fail, or you haven't done it right. And so it's much harder to take risks. Harder. As- and of course, these young children are being honest about their, I don't know what that is. Yeah. You know, they're learning to go, I don't know. I'm I'm going to take the risk and join in, but you're going to have to help me. I mean, what an amazing life yeah. skill. And it's so important that we value that as well, because it's so easy to knock the confidence of somebody when they've taken a risk. And that that's, that's that whole notion of having a safe space, isn't it? That actually we need to really go, oh, wow, they've taken a risk. Let's get somebody to show them. Let's not make a child feel like they've been foolish for not knowing let's celebrate what we're learning from that that we've learned about chameleons or you know I had a boy with porcupine and again it was one of those where how does a porcupine move and actually what children are constantly bringing in is their own experiences and their own ideas into these stories. And they're inviting people into their world. So that's why it's such an important, you know, we're going to play, take a risk with me, play this role. And some of those roles we're more confident with. We know what a mum is. We know what a dad is. We know those roles. We've got our own perception of that. But it's much easier to get on the stage and do it. But it also might be, like a cultural sort of um, role for them. You know, it might be like, I watch this film, so I'm going to say this person, but other children don't watch that film. Well, they don't know. They're not exposed to that. So they don't have those frameworks to work from. So there's so many ways that we don't know within the storytelling. And yet children are willingly getting up and going, well, I'll have a go. I'll try and find out how that character moves. And and know that they'll be supported in that. That feels like that, for me, connects hugely, and helicopter stories connects hugely, with children's play. So we are encouraging something that children do naturally, which is play. So you come into my play, and you be the policeman, and I'm going to be the robber, and pretend you can't catch me. You know, our play, our story is developed 
along the way that oh look look you, he wants to play too he will be two robbers oh now we need another policeman can you come and be the other policeman and they just build on that and so helicopter stories also reinforces that doesn't it because in play children are taking risks children are happy to join in to find out and then we can do that in helicopter stories and it mirrors those two things so you know, sometimes I've heard teachers say that, you know, their children become better in uh, at playing together in the role play area. And you just go, that's because they're having more sort of opportunities to negotiate, to get involved with other children's play, to take the risk that it'll be okay. Yeah, 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 definitely. And it is, I think, you know, play is the work of children. And actually, one of the things you know that so often happens within play is that we don't see what's going on we go you know sort of children are playing and we're not actually there observing or taking notice of that and so what helicopter stories does is it enables us to bring some of those rich skills into the classroom so that we can give them prime place and actually really find out and find out what those stories are and what risks our children are taking within those stories so yeah it's so important that connection I think it's really really you know a vital part of all of this isn't it yeah absolutely and the other it was interesting um so I was watching some footage the other day and I was talking with some practitioners about um not reading the story through the beginning of a helicopter stories acting because oh, some people have done that i've seen this where some people have done that yeah 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 some people you know say right this is bronwyn's story and then read the whole story through and then start the acting out and and, and do it like that and um we were discussing that because that's not what we do obviously um, in helicopter stories but that's something that people were doing and the the practitioner said but that's not enabling the children to take risks you know they are knowing the whole story and how often do we ever know the whole story of end to end we just go okay I'll give it a try and they're knowing the whole thing before they're starting the acting out so people might say oh I don't want to be in that story because I don't want to be um that person because they die or I don't want to be the person who falls over or for whatever reason they know so much already that they start to say I don't want to do that and then they're not you're taking the risk away from knowing the ending before you've started yeah, that's really interesting, actually. It's really interesting. And of course, it's not something we've ever done. We normally go, and this is so-and-so story, there was a dog, can you come and be the dog? So we go straight and into we go. it. And that is why we see that risk-taking. We see the children going, oh, okay, I'm here. I'm engaging in that character. I'm going to do that. So yeah, definitely. And it's improvisation, isn't it? I'm like, you know, in storytelling and in story acting, we are improvising. We're going, okay, I'm here. And what happens next? Okay, and let's do that. Let's see. So so children are learning those skills. And that's also true. It's not just that risk-taking in the acting out. That's also 
when they're telling a story. And I know as children get older, you know, we have a big push on let's plan, think about what your story is, and then you can plot it out and plan it. I used to find that really difficult when I was at school. And it's only as I've got older and I've looked more into the process of creative writing and how that works. And there are different ways of doing it. There are the people who are the planners and will plot out their story line for line, you know, sort of going, this happens and this happens and this. And there are people who will just start and they'll find it and then they'll come back and edit and work. And I tend to do a bit of both. I quite like a bit of planning now, you know, sort of and thinking about structure. But actually, there's a real skill in going, let's just start. There was a dog and the dog went to the forest. And in the forest, the dog found a wild bear. And I don't know where that's going. And it's scary because I don't know where it's going. But also it's quite freeing. And that you see that, don't you, when children are telling their stories sometimes. I sometimes think they're looking into the air and it's almost like they're reading or seeing or visualising it in front of them. So you can see them staring. And then the dog went into the forest and it found a bear and it it went into. And it's like they're, you can tell in the way that they're looking forward. I sometimes think of it like there's a screen in front of them with with their story and they're just they're not actually um, inventing it. They're they're telling me something they're seeing in front of them. It's so funny. And that's that thing, isn't it? That improvisation. It's like we're allowing whatever comes. We're trusting that process. And that's such a great skill in life to have. Such a great skill. And and in the acting out uh, uh, as well, like. My my year twos, by the time they were in year two, they've been doing helicopter stories, you know, from four and they're now seven. So three years of helicopter stories. And sometimes we had to turn the improvisation down because they were just like, you know, just just freestyling. <laughs> the whole thing, you know, hang on, that didn't happen. Let's smell it back. Whoa. You know, they were just so good at it. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's when a child sort of starts to try and improvise in someone else's story and they go, That's what oh, I mean. I'm in someone else's story. But actually, you know, that's there's a real you can see they're really empathizing and relating to the story. And also, I always go when that happens, of going, that's not in this story, but that's fantastic. Maybe in a bit you can tell your own story. And that's what happens. And it goes back to that thing we were saying in an earlier podcast about what is an imaginative idea or what is a creative idea. And all the time, the children are watching or acting out in each other's stories. They're borrowing. They're taking pieces. They're looking and seeing um, what is there as well. So that's part of that improvisation and that risk taking is it also fuels our own imagination and what we see and what we want to tell our stories about, which is, you know, another amazing thing about this. Yeah, of course, it's, it's the community of storytellers, isn't it? I, I, I've I've got carried away with my improvising because you've inspired me, and and now I want to get want to get involved, and and that's just brilliant. And of course, it inspires the next story, and 
and they, they they were very good they're very empathetic to each other just every now and then a little excited little uh, little too committed there <laughs> and, yeah, and one of the funny. other things that are under you know sort of when we're talking about um personal social emotional development you know another area within there is about understanding the reasons behind rules within that isn't there so it's like you know really looking at alongside taking risks we also want children to understand the rules and understand the framework which comes out of that and you know sort of particularly your year two is pushing those frameworks a bit of going oh can I put my own ideas in I want to do this but actually and that's for me, another really strong point of helicopter stories is that the framework is really strong. You know, the way that there's not many rules in helicopter stories, but every single one of them is there for a purpose. We know why it's there and our children know why it's there in that way. So, you know, which really helps. Absolutely. I think all of the rules and uh, which there are very few, the children four. know there are yeah there are very few there are only four and they all are about being fair you know we were talking you know they all underpin fairness they're all about you know so we've got not being forced or coerced into telling or acting in a story you know that's 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 completely about rule number being one. Fair to the child respecting their yeah rule number one respecting their um their wishes you know so you've got that that there and children understand that they want that to be there because it's fair not to force them into telling a story and they don't want to feel pushed um and and you've got number two sorry Isla you can just to sort of go on to that you can really see that can't you in terms of I remember um when I was introducing it into a setting once and I literally remember going do you want to be the dog to a boy and I physically saw him tense of like and you could tell from the way he was holding so I don't want to do this and I was like that's fine you don't have to and I moved on and the relief from him the next time I went by because we went round a second time we were acting out some more stories he just shook his head because he'd learned he wasn't going to be forced. And I think, you know, that's the thing about understanding the reason behind the rules. We need to know why, you know, we need to know that they work for us, that they're serving us. They're not against us. They're actually supporting us. And then when we learn that, we're great. You know, we can carry yeah, on. Absolutely. We'll come when we're ready. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the children, they just identify with that instantly. Like you say, it's good to know that that, that they're in control and then of course rule two is that all stories must be acted out on the day that they're taken again you know it's only fair the deal is you tell me your story I'll write it down and then we're going to act it out that's the deal right and we're saying this is important communication and language is important so we have to hold up our end of the bargain and make sure that we're we're acting out those stories because it's fair um so you know that that rule is there to make sure those that the acting out part is is uh part of part of the approach and then of course we have taking turns yeah taking turns around the stage so that we know that every child has their turn they can see their turns coming and it's not about choosing we choose which character we are in our own story but we don't choose our friends to act out with us and that 
that for me is kind of like so helicopter stories there is a fourth rule but we'll talk about that when we talk about the writing podcast I'm not going to go into that now but actually helicopter stories in terms of personal social and emotional development it really does support in so many ways children's development in terms of them taking risks in terms of them understanding the reasons behind rules And that makes it really exciting that we can see not only literacy, communication and language, but we can see our children working together to become a community. And that, you know, that's what we need in our classrooms. We need to have our communities. Our classrooms need to be communities that work together and trust each other. And that's all that happens with this. So that's the end of this podcast. And um, we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.